Blog Talk Radio. Happy New Year. It is the first episode of The Roman Show for 2018, and we start out with a bang. The ongoing concepts vocalist Dawson joins us to talk about the band's latest album, Places, available right now. And Brain Busters' Vando Ortegon talks about his promotion and the upcoming event, January 13, taking place in Hollywood, Florida. This plus much more on The Roman Show, which starts right now. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the Booster, go. Retro, go. Lido, go. Fly. Guidance, Surgeon, go. Blind. Gone. We're going, Blind. GNC, we're going. Down here, go. Control, go. 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 We are going. Network, go. Discovery, go. Capcom. The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Rodolfo Roman. Another episode of The Roman Show. Another year. And joined by the dashing one, George Alonzo. What's going on, man? How was the New Year's? Excellent, and now I'm enjoying a nice, actually for once, a blueberry milkshake with some, if you see here, some whipped cream on top with a colorful, multicolored uh, sprinkles on it, just to bring the joy of the new year of fireworks and all that stuff for all you fans. For the first time, George, I have to agree, that sounds very enticing, I'm not going to lie. As a matter of fact, I have some uh, margarita mix in here, you want to sip? No. See, you had me with the whole mix, the berries and the whipped cream and all that crap, but I don't know about the mix thing, man. This is delicious. Here, I promise you, it won't taste bad. That's all right. We'll save it for after the show, but, you know, we got several events coming out here in South Florida, starting off with PFL Amateur MMA taking place January 20th, 7245 Northwest 25th Street in Miami, Florida. Get your tickets right now. Check out Premier Fight League Amateur MMA in Miami, Florida. Head on over to MMA Masters on Facebook. Check them out to purchase your tickets. I myself will be announcing that program. So it's January 20th, 7245 Northwest 25th Street. And make sure you follow us on social media uh, on our Twitter account, at The Roman Show, Facebook, Roman Show Media. Same uh, handle there for Instagram on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash rroman0201. And we are always live on our website, The Roman Show. Com. Uh, George, you know, everybody talks about the New Year's. Everybody has resolutions, right? They want to lose weight or, uh, I don't know, they want to be millionaires, whatever it is. Well, if it does, if it is that you want to lose weight, listen, I got a good friend of mine. He's over at the Fight Club uh, right here in Durant, Florida. You, you've been out there, in fact. You checked it out yourself. Head out and uh, reach out to Henry Morales. Shoot him an email, henry at dot fightclub at yahoo.com. That's Henry dot fight club at yahoo.com or give them a call 786-222-8051 that's 786-222-8051 they are located in Doral, Florida fight club they feature several classes such as jiu-jitsu muay thai cardio and so much more and you got a whole full gym for yourself the fight club check them out right now head out over and call henry morales 786-222-8051 
And heck, you want to disagree or you want to agree or give your opinion on The Roman Show? Info at theromanshow.com is the website. Uh, the email, that's info at theromanshow.com. All right, let's get things started here with some pro wrestling talk in this segment that we like to talk call Reality Check. And now, it's time to give you a Reality Check. George New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom, the largest Wrestle Kingdom of all time, 40,000 40, and change, uh, attended the Tokyo Dome on January 4th. I don't know yet as far as how many people watched it because how many people saw that match for free, the Jericho and Kenny Omega match for free saw it on social media. It sucks, but it's the truth. Um, but by God, this was by far the biggest most anticipated hyped wrestle kingdom and i have to tell you that it lived to the hype uh first and foremost uh i believe they put out a status saying it was over 362,000 new members to the njpwworld.com subscriptions uh somewhere along those lines uh on top of that you know great main events uh, now, did you just say that Jericho and, and uh, Omega was not that good? Is that what you just said? No, I said that it was oh, good. Oh, the most hyped, the most hyped, the most anticipated oh, Wrestle Kingdom oh, of all time. Because I could have sworn I heard the word suck. I apologize. But basically, the, the thing is, is this. In my opinion, this was the best Wrestle Kingdom I've ever seen. It was packed. It was packed to the rafters. It was the most indoor record Russell Kingdom ever uh, in decades, like the, the Young Bucks actually said. Now, I have to go out there and even say that Omega and Jericho put on a classic. Now, did they do a six-star match like, uh, like Omega and Okada? I don't think so, but they did a five-star so either way, they were good, and it was fantastic, and the entrances were beautiful. To be honest with you, I have to give a big, 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 you know, applause to, of, of course, Marty Scroll, the villain of Marty Scroll. Uh, but to me, and I could maybe pronounce this wrong, but to me, the match of the night was Hiroki Goto versus Suzuki. So, to me, that was the match of the night when Suzuki, uh, spoiler alert, po- folks, by the way, when he shaved his head, now he looks even more scarier than ever. This was the first time Goto has ever beaten Suzuki in his entire career. So, it w- they kept on saying it throughout the match that is, you know, they're going through a samurai way of if they lost. So, it was fantastic. It had my emotion. It was fantastic. Goto and Suzuki wins match of the night. You know, many people say, yeah, it's... It's not a five-star, believe it or not. Those social media geeks are talking garbage about the Jericho and Omega match. People have to remember, Jericho is, what, 46, 47, close to 50 years old? This guy is moving like a cat, all right, at his age. There are people right now in their 20s, they're professional wrestlers, that cannot move the way that Chris Jericho moves. And to put on the match that he did with Omega, which is what, 45 minutes, I think it was, of a match? Like about 30 minutes. 30-something minutes or so. Come on. Please. These guys, but because they don't have flippily flop moves all the time, these guys did a great performance, uh, story-based. You know, no need to... 
you know, jump on top of roofs and top of uh, trucks and all the other crap that you've been seeing lately. They put on a great match. You know, Jericho is a great storyteller inside the ring. And you know what thing? Something about Chris Jericho that I love. Every single time, this guy just reinvents himself. He came into that match. Uh, he didn't even have to say a damn thing. He walked right in with his theme song, which, mind you, his own song from his own band, Fozzy Judas, which he, 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 he said on social media, that's like by far one of the coolest things that he has accomplished in his pro wrestling career, coming out to your own song that you made for yourself, technically, right? And I don't know if you got to see this, George, but after, you know, over in Japan, pro wrestling is treated completely different than what they do here in, in, in the States. They had a post conference uh mat, uh, a post conference um post match conference where they had Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho and you have the press and they're waiting for Jericho and you see Jericho come in there pissed telling the press you made me get out of my locker room for this crap he flips him to burn he's pissed off amazing always kept his heel always kept his character and it makes it so much believable man that's what you call keeping kayfabe alive for any of er, anyone or everyone who thought that it was dead. Jericho made everyone believe that kayfabe is not dead. Uh, so basically, guys, learn from the best. That's why he is the greatest of all time. If you think that kayfabe is dead, then so should your career. Because if the greatest of all time is still keeping it active, then come on. So... Uh, another thing is, guys, is this, you know, Jericho went on, he continues his hate, you know, even to the press conference, like you were saying, but onto the next night, he followed up by attacking Naito uh, in a very vicious form, where something we never see in Japan, where there was athletes pulling them apart. I've never seen that before in Japan, uh, where it's kind of like a street fight. This is not the nerdy Jericho you're used to seeing on Raw with the, oh, you're on the list. This is a hateful, very angry, very serious, very adult-like Jericho, and I'm more sold on this Jericho than I am on the, on the list Jericho. I think we've never seen this type of Jericho, not even when he made that return and he never spoke on the mic, remember? Yeah, yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, th this is, like I said, the best turn of Jericho I've ever seen. A vicious Jericho, you know, ruthless, not caring about anything. I love it. I love it. You know, th that's why he calls himself the GOAT. That's why he is the GOAT, Chris Jericho. And we haven't seen the last of him in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Rumors are, are circulating that he could be returning for one of New Japan's Pro Wrestling's next event in March. But WWE kind of teased that he could potentially be a Monday Night Raw. <clears throat> Sorry, on January 25th for the, the big Monday Night Raw show, but no confirmation on that yet. But it would be nice to see him. It would be, but hopefully, yeah. you know, it, like hopefully that doesn't stop the steam of him in Japan because think about it, it'll confuse the fans that just saw Wrestle Kingdom in the United States seeing the list now and then all of a sudden the vicious Jericho in Japan. It's kind of like, hey, what are you doing here? So if he does show up at uh, the 25th anniversary, uh, I hope we continue seeing this vicious side of Jericho. I really do. Even though it makes no sense, but still, I, like, you have to see it that way. New Japan is now seen worldwide. It's not a Japan thing only uh, here. So it, it's, yeah, they have to continue going on with what New Japan has built. 
and I think that will probably be the first time that we would see a wrestler who was in New Japan or any other company and then makes a jump to WWE only then to come back to the other wrestling promotion. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, the thing is, I, I, not to my knowledge, uh, Jericho has not signed any contract with New Japan. He's only getting paid on, on paid per appearance. But the fact is this, is that, yes, he will be the first to ever show up that works for both New Japan and WWE. And on top of, well, besides Jushin Thunder Liger, if you really think about it, in NXT. But basically, yes, he, he'll be one of the first. Yeah, all right. And moving forward now, uh, we got the mixed match tag, which is going to be taking place on Facebook next week. Uh, this is the first because it's the first time that the entire show will be streaming live on Facebook Live. Obviously, this is a breakthrough. It's the first time. There had been rumors that, that WWE was going to do this, and everything is going through social media or Facebook, which goes to figure, George, it, it, there could be a potential here. And There's been talks that whatever happens with this contract with USA, but it could to the point that WWE, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, all that stuff could just be airing on Facebook if they get that amount of traffic. Yeah, I think this is the first um, uh, attempt to maybe go social, uh, uh, you know, go digital. Switching gears, George Neville. Remember him? Cruiserweight champion, the first Cruiserweight champion, also an NXT champion. And now, we haven't seen him since October. There's been rumors, or there's been statements out there on the internet that he wants out. He's still with the WWE as far as we're concerned. But Dave Milter has put out a post that Neville could be literally on his way out. It's just a matter of time until they release him. Where do, would you see Neville go? Would he be a good fit for New Japan Pro Wrestling? I think so. As a matter of fact, he's been there before. He's not no stranger for New Japan. Uh, actually, he was more with Noah. But the fact is, is that he's not a stranger to Japan, is what I'm trying to mention here. The fact is, is that... I see him going over to Japan. I feel like that's the best place for him right now. But on top of that, I feel like he might be another member of the Bullet Club. Uh, it's something that you have to really consider. Is because think of it, because Bullet Club keeps on attacking WWE. That that's their thing. Whether you think it's gimmick, real, whatever, their thing is always to make fun of WWE. Neville is pissed off at the WWE. I feel like adding those two together is just magic. It would. And they just tweeted not too long ago um, a picture of Cody, Brian, Punk, uh, Best Phoenix at the time, Kofi Kingston, uh, and I can't remember, um, Evan Bourne, Ryder. They were all champions at the time. That famous, remember that famous picture with all the championships? And Cody tweeted that out. It's kind of, kind of taking a jab at Punk saying, you're the missing link. We need you, man. Can you imagine if CM Punk were to make that 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 jump to New Japan Pro Wrestling, to the Bullet Club? I think, and listen, New Japan Pro Wrestling is really taking this thing to another level. That event where Jericho is supposed to wrestle NATO, that's going to be in California, right here in the States. They're really pushing. And if you have those numbers of over 300-something thousand people uh, subscribing to New Japan World, that tells you something, George, that WWE could potentially have competition, uh, and a pretty strong one, too. 
As a matter of fact, everyone's been saying that from Dave Meltzer to everyone that owns the podcast. I think WWE finally have found a competition. And here's the, the more scary part. New Japan Pro Wrestling is a lot more stronger than WCW ever was. Because Bullet Club has a huge popularity. No disrespect to the NWO, but if you want to compare the two, Bullet Club wins by a far margin. You know, so WWE really has to build up their game right now. Like, I understand that they want to build stars and all that stuff, but stop focusing on just one guy, which we all know who it is. Start building your young talents because you're going to need them for this war. I'm telling you that right now. And, and it's, it's, it's against a company that's overseas, completely different mentality. They're going to bring something brand new to the United States. Can you imagine if they want, I, I don't think they will air live on that unless New Japan were to be here in the States, but can you imagine going head-to-head with Monday Night Raw on a Monday night on Access TV? Of course, Access TV does not have the amount of viewers as a USA, but heck, you never know. And especially nowadays, with the streaming services, you never know when New Japan Pro Wrestling could get a, a, a nice little contract to potentially go head-to-head against the WWE. Yeah, like, basically, you hit the nail right on the coffin there. Like, one thing I will tell you this much right now, me as a person, if New Japan ever aired on TV here in the United States, it's going to be very hard for me to choose between Raw and New Japan because I've been a WWE fan since I was five, and, but New Japan just gets you, man, just with the work and, and the characters and, the, the, and everything all together. It's just like, oh, my God, it's a lot to process. And it, it, I really feel like WWE is in for a very big war on this one. Not WCW war, a very big war. It's definitely getting interesting. But you know what's interesting too? March 24th, Sweetwater Pro returns. George, Extreme Measures. Sandman will be part of it. Bestia 666 will be... You're excited for this. Extreme Justice. Justice, sorry. So basically, yes, March 24th, we're going to be debuting at the Revo Entertainment Center located on 10395 Northwest 41st Street in Suite 101. The doors open at 7 p.m. and bell time will be at 8 p.m. Yes, for all you adults, liquor will be sold in the venue. So, and of course, food and drinks. And of course, Collectibles Cafe will be there to, of course, sell you all your wrestling memorabilia and also meet and greet with both Bestia666 and the Sandman. With Sandman, you could actually pay $10 right now on Eventbrite uh, and you get to do an in-ring photo shoot with the Sandman and his signature cane. Uh, inside the ring, you'll get an autograph and a photo shoot with the Sandman for only $10. Front row tickets start at 15 second row starts at 12 and general admission, $10. You can't beat that anywhere. For 20 bucks, can I take a hit from the Singapore cane? Yeah, sure, why not? That'd be pretty neat. So there you go, Mark Edge Calendar, March 24th, Sweetwater Pro returns with ExtremeJusticeEventbrite.com. This is the website to get your tickets Get it before it sells out. But this weekend, January twenty, uh, January 13, Brainbusters return to Hollywood, Florida. And WWE Cruiserweight alternate, and also a wrestler for Brainbusters and uh, half-owner, promoter, 
Vanda Ortegon joins us here on the program to talk about this weekend's event. Larry Sabisco, Hall of Famer, will be there as well, and many other greats. So, coming up next, Vando Ortegon on the Roman Show to talk about Brain Busters, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and a whole lot more. Followed by the ongoing concept vocalist, Dawson, who talks about the, uh, the band's new album, Places. You have to listen to it. The ongoing concept is a very, very diverse and unique band because they mix metal with trombones and harmonics and all these crazy instruments that you typically don't listen to or hear in a metalcore. Well, he'll explain to you exactly how they put it all together. Listen to Dawson of the ongoing concept right here on the Roman Show to talk about the band's new album places plus a whole lot more. South Florida's biggest rock experience has been heard. Monster Energy Fort Rock, Saturday, April 28th and Sunday, April 29th at Markham Park near Fort Lauderdale, Florida, featuring Ozzy Osbourne. Five Finger Death Punch. Hailstorm, Stone Temple Pilot, Hollywood Undead, Bullet for My Valentine, Seven Dust, Kill Switch Engage, Under Oath, Pop Evil, Trivium, Hatebreed, and more. Monster Energy Sport Rock at Markham Park. Peaceful days, great food, and more. Don't wait. Get your tickets on sale now. For tickets, go to FortRockFestival.com. Ozzy Osbourne, Godsmack, Five Finger Death Punch, Shine Down, and more. Fort Rock, fueled by Monster Energy. All right, everyone, thanks so very much again for tuning in to The Roman Show. You know, we're excited. We're back here. The Roman Show 2018, kicking things off the gear. And, you know, it's a pleasure to have this young man on the program. Very well known down here in South Florida. You've probably seen him as well in some of the uh, the NXT shows. He was also an alternate for the Cruiserweight Tournament. But this man is not only a pro wrestler. He's been on the show here in The Roman Show as well. But he's also... Well, he's a man behind the scenes of Brain Buster and Brain Buster Wrestling. They're going to have a show January 13, uh, coming up this weekend. Make sure you get your tickets right now. It's available. Uh, email BrainBusterWrestlingGFL uh, at Yahoo.com. The event will take place at the Hollywood Elks Lodge, 7190 Davy Road, ex- uh, Exit Hollywood Florida. I'm so used to we, we go back so way back, so it's kind of like... I was so used to calling you that, but we'll go for Vandal. But Vandal, thanks so much for joining us here, and you can get your tickets from now via PayPal. Vandal, excited about this show, Brain Busters. You got Larry Sabisco there. You're going to be taking on Martin Stone, and you got a whole long list of pro wrestlers that are going to be in action. Yeah, man, we're pretty excited about it. You know, uh, Brain Busters was an organization that me and Craig kind of opened up uh, about a year and a half ago. And uh, our whole goal, you know, wasn't necessarily to be better than anybody else. We just wanted to be different, bring different wrestlers, storylines, uh, thing like things like that. And the fact that, you know, me and Craig, I've been around 16 years now, and Craig, you know, about 11. We've got about 27 years combined uh, in in and around the business. So we wanted to open up an organization and kind of do things the way that we think they should be done. And so far, it's been working out pretty good. We've We've thrown uh, pretty good shows, in our opinion, and from what we hear, the fans' opinions as well. We're going to continue to do so. Uh, you know, we're very passionate people, man. Me and Craig, we got together to open this, and 
give the fans something that's, you know, like I said, different. And the lineup, like I said, this Saturday is stacked. You know, me and Stone, you know, both right now in our prime, both, you know, something to prove and on top of our game, and both are done and have, and are doing NXT. So uh, that's going to be great, and I look forward to that. And I always like to test myself as well. So Martin, I consider one of the best right now, and I can't wait to get in the ring with him. It's, all, it's also a first time ever. Um, so just really looking forward to it. Like you said, you know, we got Larry Zabisco uh, during the meet and greet. He's going to come out and meet the fans, you know, WWE Hall of Famer. So that's awesome. We got uh, Santana and uh, taking on Impact Ava Story. We got uh, Awaken, Leon Scott, and Wolf Taylor versus uh, Dark City Fight Club. Corey Chavis and John Davis, that's reuniting, which is going to be awesome. Uh, Epic and Craig, you know, and the list just goes on. We, we put together a pretty good show, and we don't just put on good matches. We also put on storylines, and we give the audience, you know, a hook to come back. And, you know, there's a lot of organizations um, out there, and we don't necessarily try to compete, but we, we, we want to be different, and that's what I think we bring them back and our tickets are only ten dollars so i mean if you checked us out before you know you're definitely getting your money's worth and if not you know give us a chance and you're absolutely right ten bucks you can't go wrong with that fifteen dollars for vip you could uh, get your tickets paypal.me forward slash brain buster pro uh vando absolutely amazing some of the great guys you're going to get to kick off the year of 2018 so how many shows are we thinking of having uh, for the remainder of the year Absolutely, Johnny. I mean, Vando, I, I can't believe it's incredible. January 13th, you can get your tickets again, Brainbuster Wrestling, uh, via PayPal, which is so easy nowadays. You can just purchase it, paypal.me forward slash Brainbuster Pro. Now, Vando, let's talk a little bit about you. You know, last time we had you, I think the last time, it must have been maybe two years, you were wrestling up uh, in Orlando. Um, and at the time, you probably a few months later, we, were, we noticed that uh, you were an alternate. You were an alternate for the uh, the WWE Cruiserweight Tournament. Um, do you know any anything? You know, the people keep talking about it. Any any rumors or anything you know about that the, the WWE will have another tournament? Uh, I'm sure, obviously, you would like to be a part of it. That that first one was amazing. Uh, we've seen what has happened. But anything you've yeah. heard on your end? Yeah, I mean, well, like you said, I mean that was a definitely an opportunity that was just 
you know, I, I was so thankful for. And yeah, being an alternate in the uh, 2016 WWE Cruiserweight Classic was mind blowing. And you know, I don't have necessarily any information if they're going to do any other tournaments or not. But that was also kind of another turning point in my career, just as you know, Japan was for me. Mm -hmm. Just because that really let me focus on who I was, right? Because I've always kind of been Johnny Vandal, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, that's always what I've been by Vandal's, you know, my my minor league name. I don't use the word indies, right? I use minor league. So mm -hmm. I give it the respect it deserves. <laughs> um, so I've always used that on the minor leagues, the Vandal name. So that's something I wanted to keep. And, you know, WWE, just being there was just, it was under like a knowledge tree. These guys, you know, they've been everywhere and they've done everything in the business. And guys like William Regal, you know, and Matt Bloom and all the coaches there are just amazing just to listen to, you know, just because I was an alternate and wasn't necessarily on TV, I still got to do everything the other workers uh, and guys got to do. So I got to listen in and I got to work in the rings and do all that stuff. So it was really uh, an eye opener. And it let me, you know, one of the agents told me, you know, why don't you focus, um, you know, because I'm shoot Turkish, my real name, uh, uh, my background, I'm a Turkish guy. My last name is Ortegun. Mm -hmm. Um so they're like, why don't you push that? And, you know, it's funny that it took me so long. I started in 2001, you know, yeah. here we are, 2016, 15 years later to figure out, hey, why don't I push my Turk? I'm the, you know, I'm the only uh, Turkish American to wrestle, to do professional wrestling on American soil and to uh, bring it to a WWE level. So um, that was something that really got me to dive into the character. And if anything, it was just great character development development for me so now i'm just kind of you know per se per, persuading who i really am you know uh vandal will always have a special place in my heart so i i keep that um uh, but i also go by my real last name or tagoon and uh honor my turkish heritage and represent my country on american soil uh and wwe soil so um that's kind of where that came from uh but not to go off topic, no, I don't have any inside information if they have tournaments or not. If I did, I really couldn't give it to you, right? <laughs> right. But how, how amazing it is, right? Here you are. It, it took you being an alternate, uh, an alternate at, at the Cruiserweight to find that, hey, you know, I've been doing this for so long. And wait, this is the thing that I was missing. You know, you see some guys in the sport, and, you know, I don't want to call any names, but, you know, they go into in the locker room and everybody thinks they're the big shot, but... You know, they've been at it for so long, but really they're not where they should be. And since you've been at it for so long, it, it just took you that one little thing to find out who you are. And here you are, alternate to the WWE Cruiserweight Tournament. And now it actually really upstarted your career. It's kind of like Jericho, who is now at the New Japan Pro Wrestling, the Wrestle Kingdom event. This guy has reinvented himself so many times, and he does it so well. It's incredible how he's done it. I can't, I can't think of a, of a professional wrestler that has done that. How many how many changes have we seen in this guy? And every time, he you, you just love him. You never know what you're gonna get from him. Yeah, and and that's something you know that that it, that you said you know just reamping revamping my character is is definitely what I did. And the character development while I was under that learning tree was just unbelievable. And I'm truly appreciative for that. And it it just let me dive deep and do what I love to do and be me. Uh, and represent my country of Turkey. So I love it, and it's, it's opened up more booking opportunities um, with bigger organizations. You know, I'm doing the MLW shows now, and those are running pretty great. And mm -hmm. I'm just thankful for every opportunity I'm getting, and I'm continuing continuing uh, from time to time to get the NXT opportunities, so also thankful for that. 
And uh, I'm just going to keep pushing, man, and keep doing my thing. You know, this is my 16th year. I've uh, been doing it a long time. And hopefully, you know, uh, with my career and Brain Busters, I, I, I wish it the most success. Now, we talk about uh, Japan. We talk about Jericho. You were in Japan training. And, and we, you know, you and I, because we, we followed us, and you're a professional wrestler. But we, we've known about pro wrestling in Japan and how good it is and how different it is. But it seems now that things are taking a different route. You know, New Japan Pro Wrestling is really making a statement here in the States, especially with Chris Jericho going out there. How do you see the future with Japanese pro wrestling making perhaps a bigger impact than what it is right now in the States? Man, I hope, you know, I, I love Japanese wrestling. You know, like you said, I wrestled in Japan. Uh, you know, that style and, and, you know, they look at it, you know, and treat it so much more as a sport. Uh, than the U.S. does, so I would love to see them, you know, come down here and, and work full-time, and open. I mean, it's more work for more guys, it's another opportunity that other guys can get if they come to the States permanently, um, and I think they could do that, I think they're getting a good amount of TV time now, I think they're shaking stuff up with Jericho uh, and Omega, and I just think they're, I mean, I'm a big fan of New Japan, I, I you know, when I study tapes, I study, you know, New Japan, I study WWE, I study old school AWA, NWA, like, so I'm, like, they're definitely in my library, um, and New Japan is, you know, they're definitely growing, so I'd love to see that, uh, just because it would open doors for guys as well. You know, Vanda, looking at all of wrestling all over the world, I, I don't want to go out here on a limb and say that I think it's only in the United States that the press... Uh, and even fans, I would even say, won't don't don't look don't look at pro wrestling as a sport. Look at Mexico. You know they have post uh, post uh, uh, match um, conferences afterwards. Obviously they do it in Japan. They do that in Puerto Rico. But we don't do that here in the states. It, it's do you think there's a lack? Why is that lack of respect? If all these other countries they're doing that, why not treat us now? WWE is being covered by ESPN, but. There's something missing. Yes, we understand that it is a little bit orchestrated. We know who's going to win, but at the end of the day, it is a sport. There is there's sports elements in it. Right. I mean, I agree with you. I I, I think of it think of it as like a a physical theater, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's but but in Japan, I mean, everything's harder. It, they take. I mean, they put the word believe in believable in Japan, and that's what wrestling needs to be. It needs to be believable, you know. Um, and I'm I'm the same way, and that's what I was taught, and that's how I'll always be, you know. Believability is key. And I also think Japan is different just because the way they, they do shows, you know, their indie shows aren't drawing a couple hundred, they're drawing a couple thousand, and there's reasons for that, you know. Their, their promoters are guys that have been in the business or wrestling legends for 20, 30, 40 years running that company. Um, not some guy, you know, and I'm not calling out any company in particular, but not some guy with a lot of money that decides to grow on a wrestling show because sure. uh, he's been a fan all his life. So I think the Japanese indies um, also build up the fans to a, a better product. And uh, overall, I think when people watch that product, they're amazed by it. And you know, not only New Japan, but there's a lot of good wrestling organizations in Japan uh, that don't get a lot of airtime like New Japan, but um, almost all of them put on a, an amazing show. 
I, I and that's a big difference, I think, uh, between the U.S. and I think that's why people take it more serious uh, in Japan. And I also think the media portrays it mm-hmm. a lot better in Japan, just because it's part of their culture. It's, I mean, it's just culture. Yeah, I agree. I, I attended a Noah show in uh, in Osaka and uh, in Hiroshima, actually, and packed, packed to the roof. You know, and this is just a regular show that they had, but they they treated it like if it was their WrestleMania. You know, and it, it wasn't right. a New Japan Pro Wrestling. It wasn't on TV, but they they treated it as this thing as it was. Everyone had to be there. And mind you, right next door there was a uh, a concert from a big uh, Japanese J-pop uh, group, which was also packed, sold out. But right, right across from it, that that Hiroshima uh, theater or, or auditorium, when it was, was also packed. Amazing. And that's the respect they get. I mean, it's just goes back to Japanese wrestling and their culture and just like Mexico it's a part of their culture you know it was never really part of our culture you know it, it, people don't accept it here as they do in the other um, countries so I mean it is what it is I think wrestling right now is at an all time high even uh, you know the indies like you say you know the minor leagues you know people are making money not just going to WWE which is great it's a great time for wrestling right now um, and that's the other thing about, you know, being a co-owner with Craig about the whole Brain Busters. Uh, we can go creatively how we want. We can tell the storylines how we want. And we can put each other against the best, you know, and test each other, uh, you know. And that's what we want. And that's what the fans want, we believe. Um, and that's what they're going to get. And once again, we're talking to Vandal. Brain Busters, January 13. Doors open at 7, 10 p.m., you're going to have a former or a WWE wrestler, WWE Hall of Famer, uh, Larry Sabisco. Uh, you got Monster Tarver, who used to be WWE uh, Superstar as well. Uh, NXT's Martin Stone, he'll be taking on Vandal. Superstar Santana Garrett, who has also appeared on uh, NXT, she'll be in action in a whole long list of great wrestlers. Now, I, I got to ask you, Vandal, last time I saw a video of you training, punching the bag. Are you secretly training mixed martial arts? What's up with that, man? I just like, you know, I like to test myself in each and every way. So, like, when I work on cardio, you know, I do a majority of different things. And uh, I like to hit the bag sometimes, man. Get some stress out. And uh, I think it's good I think it's good cardio. You can punch a bag for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. You can punch a guy. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and it's like hell being in front of that bag. Have you ever had to use any... Uh real physical contact in a match where you had to kind of step up and remind the guy, listen, you know, be cool or else. I mean, not like, you know, it's, it's great when you work. Like, yeah, when you come up in the business at first, you know, your whole thing is exposure. You're going to wrestle every town, you know, every show. doesn't matter how bad or good the show is. You know, you just want exposure. And, you know, now that I'm 16 years in and I've done WWE and a lot of shows, I, I can be a little bit picky with the shows that I want to work. And I'm fortunate enough to get booked on, on good shows. So I uh, I tend not to take the smaller shows, but it's all about exposure when you first start, right? Like mm-hmm. you want to get your name out there um, and you want to do that. So, I mean, and I'm sorry, I tend to ramble. It's all right. <laughs> But, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's different. You know, the smaller shows, it's just, you can be nitpicky at some point, but you also want to test yourself against the best, so it's about the miles as well. And you just want to 
be the best. You got to continue to test yourself, man. Absolutely. Well, Vanda, I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, excited for the uh, Brain Busters first show of 2018. Doors open 710-7190 Davey Road in Hollywood, Florida. 33024 is the uh, address. It's at the Hollywood West Elks Lodge. They'll be having some more shows afterwards, but you got to go to this one. It's the first one of the year. It's going to set up for the remainder of what's going to happen in 2018. You're going to, they're going to crown a champion uh, as well. So Brain Busters, check them out this weekend. Ten bucks gets you in. Fifteen dollars gets you. You can't get any. Che- That's a cheap price. I mean, why the hell wouldn't I go to a, a show like that, Vando? Yeah, you know, <laughs> we try to make it. We try to make it affordable for families and everyone. And you know, ten bucks. We try to keep it cheaper than a movie ticket. You yeah. Know, so just come check us out if you haven't. Give us that chance. And um, if you have, you know what we put forth. You know, and we're gonna crown our first ever champion after a year show. So in a street fight, nonetheless. So that'll be entertaining, and we got a lot of surprises lined up for this show, and in the future shows, we plan on bringing some big names, you know, and some back that we've used in the past, so come check us out, man, January 13th. Heck, it's a perfect date, 20 bucks gets you in, you go to a movie theater, you're talking about at least 40, 60 bucks, 20 bucks will get you a cheap date, (laughs) and you got some pro wrestling. Alrighty, guys, well, thanks so much, Vanda, for your time, and I look forward to seeing you in action uh, against Martin Stone this Saturday uh, as Brain Buster opens up with their first event of 20. pick up this album right now it's streaming as we speak on spotify and it's available for purchase on itunes and the other several outlets places the new album has been released this month the ongoing concept released their latest album places and on the line we have dawson of the band one of the first singles has already been out as well you will go they released their video which you could check it out on their facebook account or social media account just look them up the ongoing concept dawson thanks so much for your time and speaking to us man Thanks, man. Yeah, of course. Happy to happy to be on the phone with you. Well, totally digging the uh, the album places. Of course, you have that unique sound in your band. I don't know how you guys do it, but somehow, some way, you're able to throw in there piano, trombones, harmonics, so many other instruments, <laughs> and into hardcore heavy metal rock. How in the hell do you do that? It's like making soup and rice and putting it all together and making it taste good. Well, uh, soup and rice does taste good, I guess, if you put it together. <laughs> I've had soup and rice. It's, uh, well, it's uh, with, with a little ketchup in there, with a little ketchup in there, that's how I thought. <laughs> okay, well, the ketchup's weird
I don't like that. But, <laughs> um, you know, I just, I don't really, um, my philosophy that I've always used, and it's, it's always a weird thing, is I don't, even though music is my passion, I I don't like the music at all, really. I just don't. I don't, I don't think many, I don't think music is that great. Uh, I don't, there's a few bands in my life that I have enjoyed to an extent, but I, I just don't like music. I think music is boring. I think music sucks. I think new music sucks. And so I, I and it sounds very pretentious, that's why I always have to cue that part. But what I do is I, I just, I like writing music that I like to hear. And um, <clears throat> I guess I just write something that I would want to listen to again. And I, I tend to just not listen to music in general. So I really have no idea what is being really captivating at the moment. So I, I don't listen to like new bands that come out. I try not to get influenced by any other outside band or source or anything that I can avoid. I will try before I write an al album and then I'll just start writing stuff that in my opinion to my head sounds cool to me. And I guess it's translated well with audiences because people seem to like the stuff that I've been creating. Um, and I just, I just don't think that there's any like, there's, I don't really think there's any boundaries to music anymore. You know, it, it, you can do whatever you want as long as it's not trying to just be something weird and out of the ordinary. But I think you can somehow marry two different types of things or three different types of things into one single song and still create something that's captivating and, and cool mm -hmm. to listen to over and over again. So that's kind of how I try to write music and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, I had, I think, almost 27 songs for this last... for half of them just to get to where we are with these 10 songs, so... Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but where do you where do you get the inspiration? Saying you don't listen to anything, you don't listen to band, you start to stay away from it. So where do you find this motivation to come up and writing this music? Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I listen to music. I'm around it all the time. Like you can't you can't not listen to music. You go to a supermarket or Walmart or something. You're gonna you're gonna hear music. And I mean, inspiration to me comes more from. Um, just like emotions and um, I don't know like I like I don't know it's really hard to explain because I mean I listen to a lot of music so there, I can't say that I, I'm not influenced subconsciously by some band that is out or some band that I've heard in the past you know month or something but when I write a song my inspiration comes more from just the feeling of um Put, they just kind of taking out my frustrations on on um, life, things that have happened in my past, things that are happening in the present. Um, I also am very influenced by like movies and and and, and soundtracks. I I guess I could say that those are influences in a way because I I like to listen to soundtracks from movies or or something like that. Or I also enjoy um, I I just enjoy film a lot too. So that stuff like that. Uh, is pretty inspiring, I guess. And then also, I feel like people um, look at influences in a different way in the fact, well, for me, at least, I 
I love it when I see a band that might not necessarily be that great, and I influence me is seeing a band, you know, that's just average, somehow captivating people in some weird way where um, people, like, love them so much that they become really big, even if they're not, like, the greatest musicians in the world or something. Um, for example, like, I always use this example. I use Brand New because they're not really the best talented players in the t entire world that they can release an album and tell everyone about it the day before it comes out and then they'll sell like a hundred thousand copies the next day out of nowhere mm -hmm. it captivated people so much that um it like it's inspiring i'm like i want to be that band i want to be something like that i want to create something that's that's unique enough where people care about our band and it's a cult following more than just a a, a band that's relevant for a couple of years and then just dies off and never no one gives crap about them anymore. Well, you, you definitely have caught the attention of the rock world and then some. Uh, and, and hence, you mentioned film. I, I can see it in, in the video of You Will Go. Uh, tell me a little bit of inspiration. It starts in the forest. It goes to a bar. What 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 story are you trying to tell us here with, with the video? That, was, that, that whole story is meant for the people that have stuck with us forever, uh, listened to us from the very beginning. Every single shot, every single place that I was in, um, is a place that I've shot a music video in the past because I shoot all of my own music videos and it's just kind of like me reminiscing about um, all of the places I've been in my life to create the band that I'm in now and a lot of those places are all of those places are places that we've shot um, multiple music videos at so um, it's just a callback to everything and I know a lot of people might not understand it if you've just started listening to our band but for the people that have listened to our band for a long time um, it will make sense to them and it encourages people to go watch our, our um, older music videos then it will make more sense and it will become a, a more of a concept that will kind of make everything fit together so now the band there's a band, the uh, the album places there's there's a, a message here behind it can you let us know a little bit about what what you're trying to tell people uh, when they listen to this entire record I mean I think it's a uh, it's 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 just about um, it's about growing up and, and moving on with life and, and kind of I think everyone kind of thinks that um, well, a lot of people don't understand how um, how much little things in your life impact you the way that you'll continue on with your life. So that's why I have a lyric in there that says the places you've been make you who you are and the places you go make you who you will become. And it's just, it's a really cliche kind of thing, but it's, it's true. And I think a lot of people forget that who you are as a person is really defined by the things that you've done in your life, the mistakes you've made, um, the things that have that aren't mistakes, the things you've accomplished. Um, but a lot of mistakes create the person who you are. And, and sometimes, as much as it sucks, it's kind of for the better. Um, I've made so many mistakes in my life, and I, I think I would be, I don't think I'd be as well off if I didn't make those mistakes, because then I would have to learn them at some point in a worse circumstance or something like that. Um, I guess I just learn more from mistakes in general. And I think the places was a good, uh, concept to put into the album to kind of represent that of course and we hope we all do learn from our mistakes now you 
on tour. What's going on with the tour? Where can we expect you? Is there an ongoing tour? But before we talked about the tour, I noticed a picture uh, that you dislocated your shoulder on Facebook. How did it happen? Prior to the interview, you told me it's happened several times. Who would have known that it could be very dangerous out there on stage? <laughs> well, I've had a, I've dislocated my shoulder probably like 30 times. Um, and I've done it on what, I, I've done it, I've probably dislocated it on stage like 10 times. And it's not fun. It's just, my shoulder is just, it just comes out of socket so often from the littlest thing, just moving it in the wrong place. I'd be very careful when I'm on stage, like moving my arm. Um, it's just my right arm. My, my right shoulder is the one that always comes out of place. I've never dislocated my, my left shoulder. So it happens when, um, you know, like you kind of get into the moment and you're just starting to swing your arms or just, you know, kind of go crazy. Um, <laughs> or you jump into the audience or something and someone hits you really hard, like in the mosh pit. But I tend to go into the crowd and, and, and like, you know, get the people going. Um, and, uh, you know, people have hit me before by accident, just running into me and it just pops it out of place and it really sucks. Um, but that, that night that happened like a week ago and that was, that was just a really fluky thing. It just, someone just accidentally kind of bumped me in the wrong position. I've never had any of my band members hurt me like in that way. Um, surprising me because my bass player will swing his bass around and I don't know how he doesn't hit me in the head or anything but he's never done that so it was just a fluke thing it happens a lot um, I've dislocated it like in the weirdest ways like I've, I went skydiving one time and I dislocated it while I was dropping that was probably way more scary than dislocating it on stage mm -hmm. so that sucked um, I've dislocated it just like picking up a a gallon of milk. It's just weird. It's like you, you pick up something in the wrong way and it, it's just your shoulder is not, there's just not enough muscle there to keep it in place. It's, I gotta get, I gotta get surgery on it or something. Yeah, but do you I pop it back? The, I don't have the money. Do you pop it back into its place? Have you, you do that on your own? You have someone help oh, you? Oh yeah, I, I, I mean, I, there was someone at this, this last concert where that picture was taken that tried to help, but um, it didn't really go back in place. I, I know how to do it. It just takes like a couple minutes, and I was, I didn't really want to like hold up the show, so I kind of just kept going. <laughs> wow. Um, she tried to get it in place, and then it, like after like the second song, it went back in place just gradually. So it was fine after that. But <laughs> Talk yeah, about that, that, that's some hardcore stuff. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind of hardcore. I mean, but it it. it it adds to the show, even though I would much rather not have to do that all the time because it really hurts. <laughs> I, I could imagine. So. I, I, I could imagine. Now, tour. So, are we going on tour the, for the remainder of the year? Are we starting one up in the winter uh, or early next year? Um, at this, at this point, I don't really know what's going on for tours. Um, it's it, at the end of the year. It's, it's always hard to kind of figure out tour schedules because. It's, it's all, we live in Idaho, so we're surrounded by mountains and cold weather. So we're, we're always, we're always very weary of, of going on tour, um, anytime past like November, because to get, to get to any tour, we pretty much have to go, um, over some really sketchy mountains and stuff. And a lot of times the mountains are shut down or, um, it's just impassable and you just, 
you just you can't make it to her all, and it's it's very dangerous to to meet up with a lot of these bands that are from the south. Um, if we lived in California, it'd be way different. We'd probably go to tour more in the in the winter time. But we're kind of uh, we kind of invest a lot of our our time in the winter to get more content out. You know, music videos or um, you know stuff like that, um, rather than touring. So at this point, we really don't have any anything going on until um, next year and I'm not even sure what's going on for next year it's a little too early to, to tell but now, we just got off of a we got off of a long tour um, about two and a half weeks ago um, and that was that was about a month a month long and um, that's probably going to be the last big tour of the year so now you you are you are in a general Christian rock. How much of your Christianity, your religion, plays a role in this music? Uh, I hear Skillet. I'm sure you've heard of Skillet. Very famous, very well known. Oh yeah. And they they always. Well, how how does it play a role in your in your band? We I mean, I think we've get we've we've gotten placed we've gotten placed into a Christian metal band for so long, based all, really only on the fact that. Um, we're on Salt State, which has been known to sign a lot of Christian bands. But I, I have never, I've never stated that we are a Christian band in any way. I mean, sure, we might have religious beliefs beyond the bands, mm -hmm. um, but we've we've never talked about God really in any of our music, and we've never talked about God on on stage. And I think it's a misconception that we're a Christian band because I don't. I don't think we are. I think our religion on our, in our personal lives is totally separate from our actual music. So I, I just, I just like writing positive music. I don't, I don't like swear in our music. I don't, you know, talk about weird. Th I, I try to make things as positive as possible. But I like, to, I like to, um, it be as real as, as I can. But I, for some reason, feel like because we're on solid state and choose a name or whatever were assumed to be Christian and um, so yeah I guess I can I guess I can just flat out say we're definitely not a Christian band it doesn't mean that our personal lives don't implement that so um, definitely thanks for, for clearing yeah. that up for us thanks for clarifying that yeah it, it's um there's a good quote that I always use whenever people ask me the, the band called Switchfoot um, they're they're like a pretty big band, and they've been considered Christian forever. But they right. always say, you know, "There's a quote that they said. It's, it was, um, I think, something like um, Jesus died for my sins, not my music.' And so they've never, they've never claimed to be a Christian band, but they are assumed to be. Um, and they're all Christian members or whatever, but they just their music isn't about God half the time. And in in, in the entire discography of our band, the ongoing concept. I think there's only been three bands that even mention God at all, and it's and the whole three songs are about how someone's struggling to even believe if God exists. And other than that, every other song is about something not related to religion in any way. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for clarifying. That's where I can put that. Yeah. No, thank you for clarifying yeah, that. Of course. Now I gotta ask you. You're you're a big gamer. We were just talking about that you're playing Super Mario. So do you play on the road? Do you find some time? Uh, I think uh, TV in our trailer where we would play, um, you know, we, we had it all set up so we could play like Nintendo 64 and 
you know, like Super Nintendo and stuff, but um, we don't really have that set up at the moment uh, just because we, we end up not having enough time before we got to play. But, um, yeah, I mean, I play a lot of video games, but I don't play, like, new video games. I kind of play classic, like, NES games or, or Nintendo 64. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm kind of sick of like the new, the new stuff these days. I feel like everything's just all online based or, you know, DLC stuff, and you just don't get the full quality of love and care put into games anymore. And, there, and if there is, it's very far and few between. So I've just kind of gone back to the nostalgia and the classic stuff that um, I can relate to, and, and just put on my put on the game and just play it for what it is I like that I hear you I always find these new games so complicated that's why I stick to the fighting games or, or the basketball games it's just easy man you know just shoot throw or punch or kick that's it yeah that's all you gotta do and <laughs> Mario you just sort of just jump and dodge the enemies that's all you do it's, it's so simple and it's fun um, I do I do enjoy um, board games too um, I'm into board games a lot I, I play this game called Dominion I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's uh, it's kind of like, it's not like magic or anything like that. It's kind of more like Settlers of Catan or something. Um, it's a really fun game that I've brought on tour, and the last band we toured with, uh, two bands we toured with, Idola and Save Us from the Archon. I don't know if you've heard of those bands, but mm-hmm. we went on tour with them this past month. And for like two weeks straight, every single day, we were just playing this Dominion game like in the green room or like in the van it was really fun it's a really fun thing. I also um, enjoyed Dungeons and Dragons that's a really fun game um, I, have, I have a couple really good friends that um, like to play with me and, and one of them is the dungeon master he's always the dungeon master and he is so good at like creating some crazy like skit or some weird he builds his own like missions or whatever and he kind of um, what is it called? He basically like talks about how this. He just talks out the scenes. So when something happens, so he'll go into this weird, crazy, like dramatic telling of how this dice roll ended up for the player. It's really fun. It's really fun. I'll make sure to check that out, Dawson. Thanks so much for your time. Everyone, pick up or yeah. listen to the new album places from the ongoing concept and follow them on, uh, on Facebook and take care of your arm, would you? You got to take care of that arm. <laughs> I know. I got to get some health insurance. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks so much, man, for having me. I really appreciate My it. My pleasure, Dawson. And, and when, th- clears, uh, when things clear up, the weather come down to Florida. We'd we'll love to have you here. Of course. Yeah, we should be up there always. Florida loves us. We always have good shows there. You got it. Thanks, Dawson. Thanks so much. Catch you soon. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around the world, welcome to The Showdown. Well, there you have it. You heard from Dawson, the ongoing concept. Pick up the album, stream it on Spotify and the other services, or purchase it on iTunes, Amazon, and all of the other uh, sites out there that you can purchase the music. Trust me, it's unique, very unique. At first, I was like, how in the hell do they create all these? They create these musical instruments and then make it into metalcore. It's like what? Very unique. It's kind of like I interviewed um, 
the main singer of, of Starset, and, and I was like, how the hell did you write your music? And he went on, and he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a doctor, actually. And you see, I, he took me to school. I mean, he was telling me that he goes for a walk, and then he uses all these mechanics and equations. There's a bit just getting a pen and a paper, just writing lyrics. This is not how it works. But, yeah, so, very interesting. Pick up the new album of the ongoing concept, Places Available Right Now. Now, soon, Titan FC 48 will be coming to town. Titan FC returns to South Florida. And at this event, February 16th, Friday, at Extreme Action Park, airing live on UFC Fight Pass, it's going to feature three title fights and the return of the champ champ Jose Shorty Torres this time he will defend his flyweight title you have to get your tickets right now they will be available very very soon at cage tick that's t-i-x dot com titan fc just look up titan fc there that's cage t-i-x dot com to purchase your tickets titan fc 48 Jose Shorty Torres, and a whole long list of other great fights. I can't wait. It's going to be at the Extreme Action Park, airing live on UFC Fight Pass. And myself, I'll be out there ring announcing the great event. Once again, follow us on social media, Twitter, at The Roman Show, on Instagram and Facebook, Roman Show Media, and on YouTube, Romano 201 But we're always live, theromanshow.com. George Habi, Norma Gadev has been the talk after UFC 2019, as he demolished his opponent. And everybody wants to know, when are we going to get to see Habib versus Conor McGregor? When are we going to see Tony Ferguson, the current interim lightweight champion, against Conor McGregor? When are we going to see Habib versus Ferguson for the belt? And then later on, the winner of that gets to take on Conor McGregor to unify the title. We don't know. We don't know the answer, George. But... Everyone around the MMA community has stated that Habib Nurmagomedov is the real deal. This guy has been murdering his opponents. He makes it look so easy, George. Especially with Edson Barboza. Edson Barboza is a guy who loves to has these vicious kicks. He made him look well like a toy. He pretty much punched him like a rag doll. So Habib Nurmagomedov. Amazing fighter and just awaiting that opportunity at getting Conor McGregor, which mind you, both of them have been attacking each other very viciously on social media. And we also got word after the victory of Chris Cyborg as she defended her title very victoriously. Dana White, the UFC president, has stated that the next fight for Cyborg is none other against Amanda Nunes. So Cyborg and Nunes will meet. Don't know a date yet. Don't know when. I don't even know if both Nunes' title and Cyborg's title will be on the line. But even an ATT coach today went on a, uh, an interview for MMA Junkie and stated that the match will happen somehow, some way, a thousand percent. So Nunes and Cyborg will happen. At one time there was conversation that Nunes didn't want the fight, but Nunes is all in. And listen, for a fight fan, we love to see this fight. And Nunes and Cyborg George is going to be a very, it's a tough fight. It's a coin flip fight because both of these girls are strikers. They're not going to go to the ground. And 
God, it's really a it's really a coin toss. I'll, I'll be honest with you, but I'm going to give a slight advantage to Cyborg. I know we talked earlier that you give the advantage to Nunes because of her age, but I'm going to have to go with experience on this, and that is Chris Cyborg. She still got it. In fact, when she took on Holy Hum, she said that this was the first time that she's faced someone that actually gave her a bloody nose. Not to say that Amanda Nunes can't do that. She very well very well can. She's a tough tough girl, but I think that Cyborg, the experience. The technique is there, and that is the reason why she would defeat Amanda Nunes. But either or, either way, all the fans are going to gain a lot from this because this is this is that that dream fight. You know, this is that fight that everyone has wanted: Nunes and Cyborg, two of the women that are top notch in their weight category, and we're gonna have that fight. Yeah, and to be honest with you, like I'm gonna throw this out there, and yes, this is going out on a limb here, but I'm going for Nunes here, man, because again, Nunes is very dangerous. This is the person that didn't even give Ronda Rousey a chance in offense during their fight. So, my money, again, is on Nunes just because of how dangerous she is. She Every time you put her against the wall, she comes out swinging, and every time she comes out swinging, she, gets, she knocks out somebody. So, again, no offense to Cyborg or anything, but my money's on Nunes on this one. It's going to be definitely a coin flip. Uh, see who comes out victorious in this fight, but boy, are we waiting for that! And again, no word. I, mean, it, I you know, I have my money that'll probably happen uh, in the July show, the big July show that that the UFC does every year. But listen, things could change. They could they could not do another show in New York. They'll probably have featured there. Either way, we're all looking forward to that fight. UFC will hold an event this weekend in St. Louis on FS1, featuring Jeremy Stevens versus Doho Choi. And Vitor Belfort versus Uriah Hall. Uh, Vitor, of course, pretty much coming to an end of his career. And Uriah Hall, well, it's a hit or miss for Uriah Hall. You know, they're making him out to be like the next Anderson Silva, but you never know. You never know what Uriah Hall is going to deliver. Paige Van Zandt versus Jessica Rose Clark. And Emil Mi versus Kamaru Usman and Karu. Uh, Karubi, he actually is a commentator for Titan FC. So we'll be seeing him in action. I know he's been itching for a fight, so he's going to get that opportunity this weekend, January 14 on FS1. But boy, are we excited for this year, George. 2018, I know we have a lot of stuff for you coming up next. And also want to let you know that on February 10th in Coral Springs, Florida, uh, CCW will be returning to action. They'll be having Al Snow, the return of Caitlin. She'll be in action for the first time in four years. Our friend Pablo Marquez, former ECW wrestler, has been training her uh, over at the uh, main event uh, training center. And the whole long list, Super Crazy will be in the house. I saw Super Crazy in Mexico. You know, George, and I thought that this guy had retired. And this guy's still flying. It's incredible the resilience that these Mexican luchadors have. So make sure you add that to your calendar as well. February 10th, the uh, CTW uh, event on February 10th. Well, with that being said, I want to thank you very much for tuning in this week on The Roman Show. Again, follow us on our social media accounts. Shoot us an email, info at theromanshow.com. We want to hear from you. We'll catch you next week right here on The Roman Show. You haven't been on, you haven't been heard. <laughs>